0: Our scripture reading is from Genesis 4, verses 1 through 7. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again she bore his brother, Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock, Thanks be to God.
1: Good morning. My name is Henry Thompson, and I'm an associate pastor here at Christ Community Church. And it's crazy, but I have almost been in Kansas City for a year at this point. And it seems like a short time ago that I packed my life in my small Toyota Corolla, and drove to KC from the windy city, Chicago. But I am so thankful to be here and to have the opportunity to preach the word to you this morning. So let us begin. Pray before we begin. <clears throat> Father, I thank you for your grace, Lord. I thank you for your mercy towards us, Lord. And I pray that you would speak through me this morning, Lord. I pray that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit. I pray that you would. Calm my nerves and hide me at the foot of your cross, Lord. I pray that you would be glorified in this message this morning, Lord, and that you you would be lifted up, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So we've been in Genesis for over, what, like nine weeks now? And we finally made it to page three of our Bible this morning. (laughs) Now this morning we will be looking at a story about Cain. And I would argue that we have a lot to learn from Cain's life this morning. Because we deal every single day with what led to Cain's destruction, sin. We all deal with sin and sin is not a theory. Sin is lying, gossiping, and tearing people down with our words. Sin is any sexual act out of the confines of marriage between a man and woman. Sin is stealing and being greedy for money. Sin is lusting after inappropriate material on the internet. Sin is envying, being jealous, and coveting what other people have. And I will be honest with you this morning. I have sinned and still struggle with sin. Now, if you were to be honest with me, you would say, Henry, I have sinned and I still struggle with sin too, right? This is why we need our pastors this morning, because Cain shows us how not to deal with sin. And the main point of my sermon this morning is, sin wants to separate us from God, but through God we can master sin. Sin wants to separate us from God, but through God, we can master our sin. Now, if you've been tracking with us these past few weeks, you know that all hell has literally broken loose in our Genesis series. In Genesis 1 and 2, we saw that our amazing God created a perfect creation. He created the universe and he created everything on our planet. And we saw that the pinnacle of his good and perfect creation was human beings. But something went wrong. Adam and Eve rebelled against God by eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And this has brought shame, sin, and death in our world. This has also led to Adam and Eve being banished from the Garden of Eden. These series of events bring us to the beginning of our text this morning. And there are three things we're going to see in our Bible passage this morning. First, we see that sin desires to destroy us. In our text, we see that sin desires to destroy us. As we look back at verse 1 of our text this morning, we see that this story starts off good. This story starts off with two amazing blessings. At the beginning of our text, Adam and Eve did what married folk do. And this leads to Eve getting pregnant and having a son who they named Cain. And she praises the Lord for blessing her with a son. In verse 2 of our text, Eve says, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And after she has Cain, she gets pregnant again and bears another son who they name Abel. Adam and Eve raise their two sons, and they grow up and they start working, right? Which is a parent's favorite thing when a kid grows up and starts working. (laughs) Now, if you went on Cain's LinkedIn profile, you would see that he grows up and becomes a farmer like his father, Adam. And if you went on Abel's LinkedIn profile, you would see that he grows up and becomes a shepherd. Despite the differences in their career path, they both sought to worship God through their work throughout their week. Now Cain the farmer brought God a gift of fruit from his labor in agriculture and Abel the shepherd brought God a gift from the firstborn of his sheep along with their fat portions, which was viewed as the best part of the sheep. Now God accepted and was pleased with Abel's gift but God rejected Cain's gift. God made it clear that he was not pleased with Cain's offering. Now You may wonder why did God reject Cain's gifts and accept Abel's gift? Notice in the text that it explicitly says that Abel's gift was the firstborn of his flock. This is noticeably absent from Cain's offering, indicating that it was not the first best fruit from his labor. Abel gave God his first and best. Cain did not. So God accepted Abel's gift, but he rejected Cain's gift. And at the end of verse 5, we see that Cain is very angry. Now, can you blame Cain? His younger brother just showed him up in front of God. The creator of the entire universe. Imagine if you and your sibling brought a sacrificial gift to God, And God loved your sibling's gift, but God asked for the return receipt for your gift because he hated it. (laughs) You would probably feel embarrassed, ashamed, envious, and maybe even angry. And this is what Cain feels. He is depressed and very angry. His face is cast down because God accepted Abel's offering and rejected his offering. Now God saw that Cain was angry and depressed, but in grace, he moves towards Cain in verse 6 and says, Why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. God basically says to Cain, Why are you mad and depressed, Cain? If you do good, I will accept you. But if you turn away from good, sin is ready to pounce on you like a wild beast. Sin wants to destroy you, but you must conquer it. God lets Cain know that he has an enemy seeking to destroy him. An enemy that crouches like a wild animal waiting to destroy its prey. And that enemy God warns Cain about is sin. God lets Cain know that sin desires to destroy him. And he informs Cain that he must conquer this great enemy. Now go with me here a second. We live in a different time and age than Cain, right? Cain never rode in a car or flew in an airplane He never tweeted, thank God, or had a Facebook profile. He never used the internet. Cain has never even heard of dial-up internet. And I know some younger people in here may may have not heard of that either. (laughs) But the world has changed a lot since the time of Cain. We have made numerous technological advances, but one thing we have not advanced beyond is sin. We have not advanced beyond sin in our society. And we see this every day. On Easter, there were over 250 Sri Lankan Christians killed. In our own country, a Jewish person was murdered in a synagogue this past week. And this past October, 11 Jewish people were killed in a synagogue in Pittsburgh. These evil acts are sin. In our fallen world, We sadly see sinful acts like these every day. We see people steal. We hear about people committing adultery. We see people lie. Every night on the news, I see new murders in Kansas City. Despite all our advances since the time of Cain, we have not advanced beyond sin. We see people commit sinful acts every day. And if we're honest, We don't only see other people commit sinful acts. We sin ourselves. We have lied and lusted after what God forbids. We have been selfish and greedy. We have gossiped and used our tongue to tear down other humans made in God's image. We have all sinned and we all struggle with sin. And I want to ask you this morning, what sin do you struggle with throughout your week? Is it lust or anger? or jealousy, is it people-pleasing? Whatever it is, sin wants to do to us what it was seeking to do to Cain. Sin desires to destroy us. It is crouching like a wild animal and it wants to prey on us. It wants to destroy our life. This is what we see in our text this morning. Sin desires to destroy us. But this is not all we see this morning. In our text, we also see that sin desires to fracture our relationships. Sin wants to fracture our relationships. Sin wants to destroy our community. This is the second thing we see in our text. Now let's look at verse 8 of our text. It reads, Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. In these verses, we see that our text this morning takes a terrible turn. Cain somehow gets his brother to go into the field with him. And while they're in the field together, Cain kills his brother Abel. He kills his baby brother. He should have loved and cared for his brother, but instead he destroys him. And God knows what Cain has done. So God goes to him and asks, where is Abel your brother? God basically says, where is the brother you grew up with? The brother you played hide and seek with as a child, where is he at? And Cain responds by saying, I don't know. Cain straight up lies to God. He knows exactly where his brother is, but he does not tell God the truth. Cain won't confess his sin. And on top of that, he adds a snarky question: Am I my brother's keeper? Cain basically tells God, I'm not Abel's babysitter or caretaker. This response shows that Cain's sin has fractured his relationship with his brother and God. And since God already knows what happened, he asks Cain, what have you done? Then God informs Cain that he hears Abel's blood crying out from the ground. Abel's blood is crying out against Cain and it's crying out for justice. But Cain cannot hear the cry because he has become hardened by his sin. His sin has led to the first death in the Bible and it has led to turmoil in his family. Cain has fractured his relationship with God and his relationship with Abel. He has also fractured his relationship with Adam and Eve, his parents, through killing his brother. And this is what sin does. It fractures our relationships. Now, I know this is true based on my own experience. See, when I was in high school, my dad brought me these fresh pair of all-white Reebok shoes. Now, now go with me here a minute. I know we off. We kind of (laughs) off. Many people do not wear Reebok shoes now, but Reebok shoes were cool when I was in high school. The first week I got my new Reeboks, I wore them to school, and after school I had marching band practice. I, of course, was not going to wear my new all-white shoes to marching band practice, so I left my shoes in my locker, but I made one big mistake. I left my locker unlocked. And while I was at band practice, someone stole my new shoes out of my locker. When my dad picked me up from band practice, I let him know that my shoes had gotten stolen and my dad was livid. He was yelling at me and I wish I would have given a godly response to my father. If I would have said, Dad, you're right, I should have locked my locker and I'm sorry for wasting your money, he probably would have calmed down But I spoke out of my anger and sinned against my father. You know what I said? As my dad was speaking to me, I just blurted out, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) (laughs) These sinful words that I spoke stirred up my dad's anger and led to a fracturing in our relationship. They also almost led to me literally getting fractured because... (laughs) I didn't grow up in a home where you could like talk back to your parents and stuff. (laughs) But in all seriousness, this is what sin does. It fractures our relationships with God and other people. And we all experience this. We have all had sin hurt our relationships with those closest to us. Sin fractures families. It fractures marriages. It fractures friendships. It fractures our relationship with our coworkers. And it ultimately fractures our relationship with God, our Creator. Sin makes us hide from God and others because we feel so ashamed. Sin wants to destroy our community. Even the sin we commit in secret that we think no one knows about destroys our relationship with God and others by isolating us in darkness. Our sin doesn't just hurt us individually, it hurts those around us. It breaks down our community and our relationships. This is what we see in our text. Sin wants to fracture our relationships. Now, sin does not only want to destroy us and fracture our relationships. Sin desires us to forget its cost. Sin desires us to forget its cost. Sin wants us to believe that it has no consequences. And this is the third thing we see in our text. Let's look at verse 11 of our text. It reads, The Lord said to Cain, And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, It shall no longer yield its strength to you. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, you have driven me today away from the ground, and from the face I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. Then the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any who found him should attack him. Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord. Don't miss that. Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. As we continue in our text this morning, we see that there are some serious consequences that Cain receives from killing his brother. First, God cursed Cain. Secondly, he cursed Cain's work as a farmer. And then God basically informs Cain that the ground he works will no longer bear fruit for him like it used to because he murdered Abel, his brother. He also lets Cain know that he will be a wanderer for the rest of his life. Lastly, Cain is banished from God's presence. So Cain basically loses everything. He loses his career and his home Due to a sin, he is also cursed by God and banished from his presence. Now, Cain is clearly overwhelmed by the consequences for his sin. This is why he says in verse 13, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Cain did not expect his sin to cost him his home and his job. And in verse 14, we see that Cain is afraid of being killed. This is ironic to say the least, right? The one who murdered is afraid of being murdered. Now you may be wondering who else could have killed Cain because there were only four human beings mentioned so far in this Bible and one of them is dead now. (laughs) The most likely answer to this is that Adam and Eve had other children who were beginning to multiply across the earth. So Cain was afraid of these people killing him. And this is what Cain deserves for his actions, but God shows Cain grace in verse 15 of our text. God puts a protective mark on Cain so no one will kill him. But Cain is still banished from God's presence. He has to move further east of Eden. Cain's parents, Adam and Eve, had to move east of Eden because they ate from the knowledge of good and evil, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But Cain is forced to move even further east because he killed his brother. Cain's sin cost him everything. He lost his career. He lost his family. He lost his home. He lost his God. In our text, we see that sin costs us so much more than what we think it will. We see that sin desires us to forget its cost. Now, in our age, it is so easy to forget this truth. We live in an age where it's so easy to forget that sin has a high cost. We live in an age where often those moving up the ladder are the ones who lie, cheat, steal, and exploit. In our society, it can often feel like sin has no serious consequences, but rather often pays off in a big way. Despite this, sin always has a high cost, whether we pay right away or the bill comes later when we least expect it. Now living in a capitalistic society, we know the importance of remembering the cost of things, at least in the financial sense, right? When we go to the cafe shop to order our vanilla chai latte or Frappuccino, we look at the price. When we go to the store to buy clothes, we look at the price and if something is too much, we don't buy it, right? Now go with me here a second. A few months ago, I visited the Chicago area to help recruit students for our residency program at Christ Community Church. And during my visit, I went out to grab drinks with friends at a local bar in the area. We had a great time catching up. We laughed about the old days and gave updates on new developments in our lives. And once we were done, we got a receipt to pay for what we had ordered during our time. And I was not surprised by my receipt at all. I had ordered a couple of cheaper drinks and an appetizer, so my bill was around 20 bucks and I was good with that. But my friend Patrice was surprised by her bill. She had ordered three drinks that were different than my own, but they were small drinks, so she was surprised that her bill was around $90. So she called our waiter back and informed him that she thought there was a mistake on her bill, Then the waiter conveniently pulled out the drink menu and showed her that each individual drink she ordered was around $30 with tax. We were all surprised that the drinks she ordered cost that much. To our eyes, those drinks didn't look like they could really cost $30 a piece. In our passage this morning, we see that sin is a lot like those drinks my friend ordered. Sin costs more than what it looks like it will cost. I have seen sin cost people their marriage and family. I have seen sin cost people their jobs. And in my personal life, I have seen sin cost me some close friendships. Sin has a much higher price tag than we expect. And the highest cost for sin is separation from our creator, God. Persistent sin in our lives separates us from God. And that may not seem like a big deal to you, but we were created for a relationship with God. A relationship with God is more valuable than any other thing we have on this earth. But sin seeks to separate us from what we need most. This is why hell is ultimately a place where people are eternally cut off from the presence of God. Sin costs us what we need most, a deep and intimate relationship with God. I know some of you may be thinking, Henry, I get it. Sin is bad. Sin desires to destroy me. Sin desires to fracture my relationships. And sin costs me more than what I think it will. But how do I overcome sin in my life? This question makes sense because the main point of this sermon is sin wants to separate us from God. But through God, we can master sin. So I know many of you may be thinking, how do I master the sin in my life through God? This morning, I have three things that will help us overcome the sin in our life. The first thing is spiritual disciplines. Now, there are numerous spiritual disciplines that help us grow in our faith as Christians. But I want to focus on two this morning, prayer and Bible reading. If we are going to conquer the sin in our lives, we must cry out to our God in prayer and meditate on his word in the Bible. In prayer, we confess our sins to God and we pray to God for strength through the Holy Spirit to turn away from sin and repentance. We cannot fight the sin in our life without prayer because we need God's help. We need God's help. We can't overcome sin in our own power. When we pray to God, we acknowledge this truth. And this is not, this is what we don't see Cain doing, right? Cain didn't cry out to God in prayer. Cain didn't confess his sin and turn away in in repentance. But in order to fight sin, we must pray to our God. Along with the spiritual discipline of prayer, we must also read our Bible to overcome the sin in our lives. This is why the psalmist in our Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 11, Lord, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Lord, I have stored up my heart, your word in my heart, that I might not sin against you. When we store God's word in our heart, it makes it easier for us to turn away from sin in our lives. Now, now I know some of you, may have not developed a regular habit of reading the word, but if you're looking for a place to begin, I would encourage you to begin in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which are at the beginning of the New Testament. I know some of you may not like to read, but there are apps like YouVersion that will read the Bible to you so you can meditate on Scripture while you work out or drive to work. Whether you read or listen to the Bible, We need to meditate on Scripture to overcome the sin in our lives. We also need a habit of daily prayer. Amen? Amen? Okay, y'all know I'm from a black church, so I need an amen. (laughs) Along with the spiritual disciplines of daily prayer and Bible reading, we need community to overcome the sin in our lives. We cannot fight sin on our own. We need sisters and brothers in Christ to help us in this fight. We need community to encourage us and to pray with us. This is why it says in our Bible in James five sixteen therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. In our church community, we need to find trusted sisters and brothers who we can confess our sins and struggles to so that we can be healed through our prayer with one another. We also need Christian community for accountability. This is so important because we often have hidden sin in, in our lives. Thus, it's important for us to have accountability partners who regularly ask us how we're doing in areas of sin in our lives. Unlike Cain, we need to be our sister and brother's keeper. We cannot make it alone. We need one another, we need community. Amen? Now, the third thing we need to overcome the sin in our lives is mainly Jesus. I know there are some of you this morning that may feel like you are trapped in sin, and I would encourage you to turn to Jesus. Sin desires to destroy us, but Jesus came to restore us. Sin wants to fracture our relationships, but Jesus came to reconcile our relationships. Sin costs us more than we expect, but Jesus died on the cross of Calvary to cover this cost. His blood has covered over all our sins. And what's more, according to Hebrews 12, Jesus' blood speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Like Abel, Jesus was murdered unjustly. But unlike Abel, Jesus' blood is on our behalf for our sins. And he didn't only die for our sins, he conquered death by his resurrection from the grave. And he sent us the Holy Spirit to dwell in us. Now we have Christ in us to empower us to kill the sin in our lives and to turn back to God. We are not without hope this morning. Sin wants to separate us from God, but through God we can master our sin. Sin wants to separate us from God, but through Jesus Christ we have, can, and will overcome sin. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for Jesus, Lord. Thank you that you sent us a savior to help us overcome the sin and death that we deserve, Lord, for the ways that we've rebelled against you, Lord. And I pray that you would empower us by your spirit, Lord, to fight the sin in our lives in community, Lord. I pray that we would be our brothers and sisters keepers and that we encourage and build one another up as a church family, Father.